Welcome to the History of the Batman with London, brought to you by Meltdown Comics and Collectibles in Hollywood, California. This is where we relive the defining moments of one of the most iconic figures of art and literature, the Batman. My name is Mason Booker, and as always, I'm joined by London from the shadows. Maybe he'll say something, maybe he won't, we never know. We are joined by Shadow Adam. History of the Batman is produced and engineered by me, Mason Booker, and I'm also co-hosting with the lovely, the amazing, the astounding, the astonishing, London. How are you? I'm rad today. Yes. Yes. I'm so rad. glad. <laughs> I'm glad that you're rad. Good job. Yes. Why are you rad? What's going on? Oh, I'm, I'm, it's just been good. It's been good times. Um, still the show at Meltdown, which is awesome. So go check art it show. out. Yes, the art show. Darwin check Cook it tribute out, show. Man. It's that still up. Going. Yeah. It's going. You should check you should it get, out. You should get one of your own. I'm looking at a piece that I want. It's yeah, really good. It's great. It's great. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just doing good, Mason. I'm doing good. good. I'm glad. I want that. I yes. want that for you. I you <laughs> doing good in life. I'm glad. So, two episodes ago, we two did episodes. a huge uh, history <laughs> of Suicide yeah. Squad. Task Force and X. just say, yes. if you listen to the whole two-hour Good episode job. i thank you so much yeah no, <laughs> because it was not supposed to be that that was, that was partially my fault i fully i fully take responsibility for half of that because i would go off on these wild tangents but yes if you hung if you hung in there and listened to it congratulations, congratulations. to you listener You're, you are a winner yes you're rad you really yeah, are you're rad. so good job so yes we talked all we Bonus did if you recommended it to a friend of course and <laughs> so you know that in that episode we did spotlights on task force x or the cinematic members of the suicide squad and now we are going to review the movie we're talking about the movie we are we are talking about the movie we um, and it. it will be a spoiler review. It's just too hard to really dig into the film or at least mention certain things and to, to talk about them without, without giving away major spoilers. No, so think, hopefully yeah, at if, this, at this point, <laughs> like people have seen it or at least no major plot points. And if not, please go see it and listen, but hopefully you can listen. That would be great. <laughs> yes. So, yes. So, I've seen it a couple of times. Mason came with us one time to see it. I did. Yes. I saw it with you and Shadow Adam. And Shadow Adam, who yes. The surprise is here. <laughs> Woohoo. Say hello, Shadow Say Adam. Say hello. Hello, Radio World. Pod World. Pod World. <laughs> We're <down>. Pod World. <laughs> What's up? We're going to talk about so it. So, we are going to talk about it and just the character developments, uh, the major plot points, what this means within the entire DCEU, how it sets up for future movies, how it connected to Batman v Superman, all of those things perhaps will answer burning questions you had about the movie. And yes, we are just going to talk about Suicide Squad. Yay. Yay! Or as I like to call it, the adventures of Harley Quinn and friends. Yes, that is totally <laughs> what that is. Yes. <laughs> Which is something we will talk about. We're going to talk about it. Okay, overall, oh, yes. Shadow Adam one. Or the adventures of Will Smith playing Deadshot playing Will Smith. Fair enough. True. Fair, fair, Indeed. fair treatment as well. Or the adventures yes. of Harley and Deadshot. Yeah, Either right? all of okay. these fit, I think. I, I agree. I think all of these are fair to say. I would agree. I would agree. 
Okay, so. Where do you want to start? We'll, just like we did with the Killing Joke review, in a general, overall, what did you think of the movie, Mason, when you saw it? Me. Um, it was okay. Uh, I wasn't wed to it. Um, I, I thought it was all right. I, th- I certainly saw a lot of technical flaws, but that's because I have a background in film production. And then, but I thought it was okay, mainly for Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I kind of was yes. watching <laughs> the entire movie. I was just kind of waiting for her. I totally understand now why they immediately greenlit a Harley Quinn movie was because she, she shines in this movie. She literally is up on a pedestal, you know, ghosting above everyone will smith kind of hangs with her but you know really i i found myself literally for the rest of the film anytime she wasn't on screen kind of looking at my watch wondering when is harley quinn coming back because that's what i really want to see otherwise it was okay i thought it fell apart uh kind of towards the end i wasn't a huge fan of the villain um not I, I was a fan of the actress, not a fan of the villain, if that makes Fair, sense. Fair, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I, I certainly can see how this opens the gate for future films, and I'm I'm happy for it. But I uh, really, I think the only real reason that you want to go see this movie is for the Harley Quinn, Joker, Deadshot portions. Everything else is kind of meh. The, the cameos by Batman are okay you know yeah what did you think okay well shout out do you you want to say what i enjoyed this movie uh i enjoyed it a lot better than batman versus superman sure i don't see it on the same level as that movie even though the uh critic scores are about the same for both movies uh, i too thought the plot was a bit linear and too predictable mm-hmm um, I did enjoy Harley Quinn, uh, Margot Robbie very much. I was very concerned about what type of voice she was going to use or how she would pull that off being of Australian descent, but she pulled off that kind of she Bronx. Worked she worked at that Bronx voice really, really well, you know, type of hybrid voice. Yeah. I was going to say one of the things I was going to say, London, when you get back on or, or Adam, I'll, I'll say it to you too. Um, you know, she made it her own. She didn't quite take the uh, Arlene Sorkin and she didn't quite take the Tara Strong and she didn't quite take just her own thing. She kind of did this, this hybrid that I thought worked. Um, I also really, really liked Will Smith portrayal of Deadshot. Again, it was just Will Smith acting like Will Smith, like he did in Independence Day. That is, that or, is dead on. <laughs> or, or the Fresh Prince. It was just him being, it's just, cra- it's just Will Smith being Will Smith, like I said earlier. But, but it works. Right. Yeah. I thought the villain was very predictable. Me and London guessed, I'm sorry, guessed who the the villain was uh, before the movie, and we were completely right. Sure. So it was very predictable. Yeah. And like I said, I thought the um, the path to which they created the team was also very predictable and linear. Um, the development behind some of the characters was less than I would have liked it to be. The development behind others, like El Diablo, was a lot better than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. That's about it so far for me. Oh, one last note. A lot of people I saw complaining about Will Smith's uh, reference to 
Phil Jackson's triangle. And that's because I think the sports world and the comic book world don't mesh very often. Sure. The triangle is a very famous offense run by NBA coach Phil Jackson, who has 11 NBA championship rings. Right. So he ran that with the uh, Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan and later in Los Angeles with Kobe Bryant and Shaq. So it is very famous. So that was his reference there. Well, you'll have to explain it because it was lost on me. But I am a fan of Phil Jackson because he always wears the sharpest suits that you can get to his games and he just looks like a beast like the whole time he's also like 6'4 and ripped uh, yeah <laughs> <London>. i guess <laughs> I, I don't know i'm not a huge yeah. sports person but uh i did enjoy the film too i i i can say that while there were some character development that was lacking in the movie i thought i'd see more from some characters and others i do think that uh warner brothers dc or david Ayer, all of them did a, a decent job at a huge undertaking because if you think about it in our in our history of suicide squad episode we taught we focused on 11 characters and those were technically the main characters of the film and 11 characters being 11's a lot 11 is a lot <laughs> and the fact that they all have to in a way be in there and be present enough for the movie to flow that's a huge undertaking and the fact that they at least introduced them said this is your role in the movie and they moved it forward as best as they could i i thought that and i kind of feel the same way even with batman vs superman it was very congested and things like that and, and i definitely agree with that however they had to introduce this universe is Batman and then uh, Gal Gadot's character and then Lex Luthor and all of those important characters and they stuffed it in there. But with Suicide Squad, it didn't feel so congested. It felt like they introduced it enough. Now, now as you both have mentioned, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn and Will Smith's Deadshot, they had a lot of screen time, a lot of character development. Like Shadow Adam said, I was very, very surprised that we saw a lot more, a lot of El Diablo, because I thought he would just be one of the other ones that's just part of the squad. Exactly, but he played a a huge part in the movie, which I really enjoyed, because he was definitely a character that I didn't think would have such a major, major say or role. Your predictions on the deaths, though, were spot on. Uh, Slipknot got basically no background and died pretty much within the first five minutes of appearance. And as we know, El Diablo uh, went out, too. But as um, Samuel Jackson said about Mace Windu, he didn't go out like a bitch. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's true. But I mean, also, Slipknot, your prediction was was accurate, um, but they... They gave him even less screen time than I had. Oh yes. I had thought he, he when you had mentioned said about he, three lines, and and that was it. And yeah. He was out in the first maybe yeah, he's 20, 30 just minutes. Held as an example, like, oh, if you escape, we really will blow your head off. Thanks. Right. Goodbye, Slipknot. Right. Bye-bye. Anyway. <laughs> so yes, I I did enjoy the film. Like I said, I thought I I I wish I would have saw some more character development. And then another thing that kind of bothered me was not joker's performance because i actually really liked jared leto's joker i I want to talk about jared leto yes it was it was that you can tell that a lot of his scenes weren't there right they cut out a lot of joker material in this film and i wish we would have seen more i have two theories about that one um 
the the content whatever was in there was probably too dark for yes. the for the PG thirteen that rating that they true. were going for. And also B, um I think they are aiming for very similar to a Zack Schneider R rated BVS. They're gonna release an extended Suicide Squad cut R rated with, with I would assume more Joker scenes. Mason, as someone who's been in production, sure. do you think that that is a trend or that is smart marketing to say, hey, in movie re- movie release, we're releasing you not the full movie, but if you buy the Blu-ray or if you buy the digital edition, you'll get the full movie that you want? I think that it... it uh, no, I don't think it's a smart move, but what I think is it is a way for studios to recover their losses. So when when a studio releases a film that they feel is complete and there is backlash or anything, it's a way for them. It has become a way for them now fairly recently um, for them to be like, Oh, here's, here's the cut that you, that you are looking for. They have done it for a long time. um, I guess most famously perhaps for uh, Alexander, the Oliver Stone film, the Oliver Stone based on Alexander, the great biopic Uh, that film was released to, pretty much horrible reviews and was weird and meandering and, and the pacing was terrible. And they released a, uh, a special edition DVD with, with actually deleted scenes. Uh, they, they cut more of the film out. And one of the to- one of the taglines was faster pace. <laughs> so I, I thought that was really funny cause it's usually the other way around, but it's basically a, a safety net. It's a way for studios to get their, their money back. But I guess my only thing with that is can they continue this thing where they put out the theatrical release and then they're like, oh, but the director's cut has all like so much more. Isn't it just easier to put in just the the director's cut because sure, from the response well, i saw with batman vs superman mm-hmm. everyone even if they still said oh batman vs superman was bad and the a b and c they were still like the the, the director's cut or the ultimate edition mm-hmm. was much better <laughs> well we're, we're getting so are we gonna do that too with right. suicide squad if they do do this if they're like oh we have the ultimate edition suicide squad with all of joker yes and absolutely is, it's but uh, they can't do that with it every dcu film well they can't but well they could they could I would, but I wouldn't should recommend they it. <laughs> no i wouldn't recommend it but i mean it just goes back to this it's it's the almighty dollar where if you're released if you release an official film and it does poorly it's good to have it in the back pocket um you know where they can be like oh here's a different version that we think you'll like better it gives you a, a second round for the money the the the, the, the mighty dollar you know the um Eventually, you know, they'll they'll release a film that's good and everyone will be like, this is amazing. And then they won't release a right. special edition. They won't need to, you know, that kind of thing. It's just a way to get more money uh, off of a failed investment. Mason, have you seen the ultimate cut of Batman vs. Superman, the rated R version? I have not. I, okay, you, you well, guys... we have that, so we'll right. have to show it to you. All right, yeah. But I don't know if you remember with our Batman vs. Superman review, I gave it a very negative review. I, I remember that. I did yes. not like the movie. Some of the plot points, such as the um, the bullet 
from the um the African scene right. didn't make any sense. Right. Whereas when you watch the extended cut and you later find out that they didn't just shoot those people, but they later burn the bodies to to after killing them mm-hmm. to make it look like Superman had used his heat vision on people. Oh, there were certain plot points like that where you go, okay, this wasn't just a side story that made no right. sense. It make it makes sense now. So while the movie wasn't complete or a great movie, it didn't make more sense. It was more coherent. Right. And I think that's exactly what we'll see with Suicide Squad. I, I think one of my big issues with it was it felt very jumbled. I'm not saying that it was horrible to watch or anything i mean it was okay but it did feel very jumbled you uh, you could tell where they put new scenes in and reshoots in and where they kind of hastily plugged things in to kind of just just get it to the next scene and and so it 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 wasn't quite as coherent as i think it could be but more for me it lacked a unifying vision it looks like several people made the film whereas in, instead of just you know one man's vision that everyone supported and i've actually did a little bit of research in preparation and i found out that um they had six people working on different cuts of the film at oh, wow. one point and um including a trailer house a a, a place that does trailers uh and uh, and uh, and i think um that's probably the one they went with but that's that's how they got all this all this music and all these flashy cuts and everything in it um th- that's that's the thing but it doesn't it doesn't feel like a unified vision it doesn't feel like um oh man i want to say clay enos but that's not david ayer it doesn't feel like david ayer's unifying vision i think he had a vision you can see it in in some of the scenes yes particularly in the in the opening and Mm -hmm. and all this stuff where it's like it's got this tone and you're like all right i'm in here now and it's dark and gritty and then it just gets weird and jumbled and nothing right i I definitely think Right, it's 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 more fast paced and fun and kind of almost bright in terms of just the scenes themselves. Sure. And then and I heard that it's half David Ayer and then half Warner Brothers, but exactly. I'm sure it's like what you've read by the six different people and how they kind of split it all together. Well, it's they probably, just picked one that they had six options and they picked right the and they picked it, so it was just a lot of deciding on one film. So of course it might feel that it was a little divided or not. It didn't flow as well as I think it exactly. could have. And so that's what I'm saying. I think when when they released the director's cut, as with the the Batman vs Superman extended cut, if they do a suicide extended cut, that is basically David Ayer's director's cut. You will see a unified vision and a theme, and things will make a little more sense because I'm sure the stuff they cut contributes to how and why and and, and things in the plot. I want to say two things, but at first that I forgot to mention in my opening thoughts that uh, Mason reminded me about by saying the opening was dark and gritty is that Viola Davis is a complete badass as Amanda Waller. She was pretty amazing. She kind of brought some elements of her making um, or how to get away with murder, excuse me, um, television show to that. And I thought even for a bureaucrat with no superpowers, she handled these villains and peoples with superpowers in a very awesome, manipulative way. 
Um, second thoughts is, as London mentioned off air before uh, we started recording, is that there is a man suing Warner Brothers because he felt that the trailers misrepresented the film, specifically not getting enough of Jared Leto's Joker. Um, Mason, you kind of talked about that that happens all the time in production. Why is there such a disconnect from what's happening in the film to what's happening with the marketing or advertising? Oh, well, they're completely separate entities. The the two rarely, if ever, consult each other. So, in other words, um, they will they will release scenes. You'll, you'll shoot footage and get essentially what are called dailies, sections of the film that come back from, from filming, and then sometimes wait... Uh, wait until there's a, a finished director's cut to pull footage from for the marketing. But in this case, Suicide Squad, I believe the marketing started almost before shooting was yes. was going on. Yes. So they were pulling footage just as it was being shot. And so the trailer houses are taking that footage and putting it together with basically a loose outline of the plot, if if that. Um, because you know they they just want to sell they just want to sell sell get people amped to see the movie it's all about the, it's all about the dollar um the the movie itself is a completely separate entity so often the trailer and the movie don't match up there will be scenes in the trailer that aren't in the film that's that's common right so i i guess since we're talking about um Jarolito's joker and his scenes or a lot of scenes getting cut i guess we can just touch upon his role in the movie and we could just start with that i suppose i what i found interesting about Jarolito's joker was that it totally he was completely involved with harley his purpose for well, being can, can in we talk this about viola davis real quick because oh, i yeah? just i just want to touch on the thing <laughs> that that um adam was was talking about uh, so my, my thing, the Viola Davis, I thought she rocked it. The, the woman that I was referring to when I talked about Viola Davis in our previous discussion of Suicide Squad was CCH Pounder. Um, she does the voice for Amanda Waller. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> in, in, in the animated series. And yes. she rocked it. Right. But I thought Viola Davis like totally rocked it. Oh, definitely. Um, and I, I did find it very interesting. Although I will say this, like you, Adam said that you thought she handled the group. Well, I thought she, you know, it was, it was screenwriting one on one man. Like it was so lame. It was like, <laughs> well, there's a bomb in your neck. So I can, uh, I can hold that over you, whatever, you know, I can, I've got this iPhone that if I touch it, you know, you're, you're dead. Never mind the fact that my fingers are all over it, the whole film. It's, it's kind of nuts, but, um, whatever. I mean, you know, it, it was just a, it was just a writer's conceit, but I understand why they did it because she wouldn't be able to hold her own against them. Otherwise now, maybe in the comics, she's, She's a little more devious, but it just seemed like, you know, once you got the bomb in your neck, well, all right, I'll just hold that over you. <laughs> but I will say this. I wanted to ask you about this, London. In the yes. new in the new 52, oh. yes. uh, Amanda Waller apparently has like this massive re, re, remake because now she's like a super fit biker woman, like elite special forces, like super yeah. fit. Well, yeah, she is, but she, I mean, that... That's the extent of her 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 
physical power. Right, she, but I'm saying, like, I, but, I, I, mean, always, yeah, I always respected she looks that little, she was... Yeah, visually now, she looks different than what we're used to. I think uh, in this new, the DC Rebirth Suicide Squad, she looks a little bit more than what we visually see and not that one i think she kind of looks a little different she looks way different yeah she yeah. looks like in this one she's a large black woman which i respected the fact that this is how they portrayed her and she's portrayed that way in the animated series but in the movie or i'm sorry in the new 52 she's a fit athletic woman and i was just like i i felt it went against her her gravitas I, I agree with that. I did not like the new 50, new 52 reimagining of it. I think hers being this uh, DC government um, bureaucrat who just comes, who's just an ideal woman was a right. lot, was a lot better, gave the character more gravitas because she's in a world with these super powered beings like Enchantress and Superman right. and El Diablo and Wonder Woman and she's able to hold her own and manipulate these people just out of sheer ideas rather than force. Yeah, and I respected that. But anyway. Well, yes, I, I enjoyed her character. I thought that for... Well, I thought least, Viola Davis did a good yeah, job. Yeah, and for, she, she played well in terms of um, being very close to her comic book representation. So I thought that was really good. Um, and, and yes, I mean, if we just look at all the different characters, I guess we'll talk about Joker a little later, but I thought I, I we could talk about him. I just wanted to dovetail on, on Adam's comment. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I guess we can talk about Joker. <laughs> well, the, the last I thing I wanted to say was uh, what I, one thing that I found very annoying was, um, I mean, if, if we're dealing with spoilers, Enchantress, like, turns against them and is the main villain of the right. film. yes. And I thought it was really interesting that Viola Davis uh, goes goes to all these government officials and is like, what about the next Superman if he goes bad? Like, what are we going to do? We should have this team. We should do this team. And then the, the team's first big assignment is to stop one of their own members that Viola Davis, um, uh, that... Uh, uh, what's her name amanda waller sent into the city on a failed mission and i was like so you created your own threat by putting together this team that everyone told you not to put together right so i thought that was really interesting i think they should have had a different villain but we'll we'll get into that right Go ahead. um well i guess quickly just speaking of um superman and that's one of the main reasons why she wanted to put together task force x because superman what if there we have another being that's like superman but isn't a good guy he just wants to take over everything i mean there are a lot of things like that that made it they tried to connect it from batman versus superman i mean which is good it wasn't just its own movie that's just random of course there is the reference to superman dying and the kid is selling the t-shirts and on one side it's the shield and the other back on the other side it says remember on the back and they do a quick flashback to superman's funeral and we have that and we even see um the flash when they do the character bios which we'll get to in a second we see the flash in there really quickly for a captain boomerang which we talked about in our history of suicide squad that he is a flash rogue right so i like that they made that connection so i'm sure uh we might see something with that maybe in a future flash 
Oh, thing, I'm sure. Perhaps. Well, and which or is Justice League. Or Justice League. Absolutely. And of course, then we saw Batman, which I guess we can talk about that since we're talking about connections from Batman sure. versus Superman. Yeah. Because I think that's important. I think people need to know if they didn't catch those references, how Suicide Squad does connect with this film because it all is within the same universe. So they have to make it connect as much as possible. Yeah, they're definitely building a universe. Definitely. And they're, and they're definitely referencing each other as much as possible so mm-hmm. that people can connect. And I, I did like that. I liked the little flashes and cameos and whatever of like the flash, like you said. Right, right. But, um, but I think Amanda Waller's concept is uh flawed is flawed i i think the idea that this task force x could take out superman is just wrong <laughs> like you can't deadshot can maybe fire a kryptonite bullet um but everyone else on the team is pretty much toast uh if you throw right. them against an, an evil superman right and the perhaps one of the most that had uh, I mean, maybe enchantress, enchantress like besides her and then el diablo has a little bit of power but going up against superman it's still superman would probably come out on top if we are just talking about this oh yeah absolutely i mean el diablo he's gonna torch superman who's immune to fire so that's the end of that it's kind of funny because pre-crisis superman did have a weakness to magic so i wonder if that is going to be uh, tied in somehow maybe in this universe, even though this Superman is clearly based off New 52. Yeah, but, but I, I would hope so. I mean, it, it makes sense that he's uh, subject to magic. Magic is not of this world. I mean, right. he's, it, it, it's not a physical uh, force that he could be immune to. It's one of the reasons in the comics he has issues in the past dealing with um, Shazam. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe uh, that was um, Amanda Waller's deterrent. It seemed like Enchantress was the one she was banking on the most because she introduced her to the um, military leaders and to the um, Secretary of State as being, hey, we have June Moon who can turn into this witch who can teleport herself. And the first example is her going to Tehran, Iran and stealing... um, nuclear secrets from them which according to the secretary of state or the general excuse me they had been searching for for years yeah but i also think there's two reasons that they chose june moon one is of course her extraordinary power and but also b she's the most uh controllable like she's not crazy and she's not gonna right. lash out in violent ways in right. front of the chief of and staff especially since june doesn't even want this entity as part of her sure. it's just sure she's, but that's just what it is so she's not going to rally against them or not cooperate it just so happens that enchantress which is kind of like in the comics enchantress becomes much more powerful mm-hmm. than jimun in, in certain stories and in the first one that they had her and they even become two separate beings so oh, they split they the split comics? so at some point at some point yes so i'm i'm curious as to how they will deal with that character in terms of how the movie ended uh, how Enchantress dies, I suppose, and yet June Moon emerges yeah, from... Yeah, which was total BS, <laughs> in my opinion. Like, that was unreal. Um, the whole movie, they're, they're hyping up. They're like, if you have... If, uh, Enchantress has gone rogue. You have to kill her. There's no other way. And, of course, 
as I'm sure we'll talk about, Rick Flagg is in love with the Enchantress. He's been sleeping with her human counterpart, June Moon. And so effectively killing Enchantress means killing the love of his life. How is he going to deal with this? Blah, blah, blah. It was this whole thing. And then, of course, they defeat her and she's lying dead. And I was like, all right, well, now you have to pay the price. But no, wait, no, surprise. It's she okay. lived. She came back <laughs> and Enchantress is gone and you could be together happily Right. Ever there, after. there were no consequences. Very little, yeah. Except uh, the all the guys that got mindlessly transformed into monsters. <laughs> right, yeah, those deaths. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. It's oh, fine. They're okay. Um, Their bodies evaporated. You're right. So right, their the main uh, goal to bringing together Task Force X was because of a potential Superman threat in the future, or or a, a being alien, something of that sort, and we saw that and we had reference to Batman Superman we saw the Flash briefly which is of course referencing Justice League and then we actually have more scenes of Batman than I thought we were going to see yeah, there were I couple. really did I thought I, I thought the what we've seen like him on Joker's car I thought that was it I didn't think we would even right. see more than that so I was surprised and right and Deadshot is the first uh Suicide Squad member that we meet or they give his background and we learn that Amanda Waller calls up a friend, which it which was Batman. Turn, <laughs> so you already bad. know that they have a relationship. Yeah, and then we'll talk of. about the mid credit scene soon, but their relationship even has more layers and that she said, Oh, Deadshot's going to be here. And so it already sets that, I mean, which is in the comics, Deadshot is in Gotham, but we know that Deadshot has been a Batman rogue since he was introduced in the fifties. So him being in Gotham or living in Gotham is, and what I thought was interesting was in the part of the movie where they're all like envisioning that what they want the most, like their desires, his biggest desire is to kill Batman. And for me, you would figure it's not having a regular life being like with your daughter <laughs> or something oh, I, of I that nature. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. You I, know? <laughs> in the film, I got that his biggest ambition was to have a regular Right, that's what Life. it feels like. Cause it and what we learned. Oh, I see what you're saying. At the end, when they're having these right, when Enchantress flashbacks. is like right. getting inside their heads, and they all have what they want the most, and what he wants the most is to kill the bat. No, I think you're misinterpreting. I think what it was was. He, what he wanted the most was to kill Batman so that he could go live a normal life with his daughter instead of being in Bell. Bell I hope Reef. that's the case because I, I, yeah, I, that's what I got out of it. Because was like, that, oh, I wish I didn't have. I, I wish I didn't let. I wish I didn't give myself up and instead just took the two million dollars that was waiting for me in my bank account and went and lived with my daughter right. on some and i guess i thought it was that's greatness. what he wanted because when you saw harley's flashback they're all normal and yeah. they're not even in their their makeup get up anything like that right they're, but she's insane <laughs> at that, at that well <laughs> but they still have two kids and they are yeah, in normal she's married clothes to the Joker. And she's married to them and it's all they all look normal yeah and they're it's living just, in the suburb right. you know, house with the white picket fence and everything yes. And as London pointed out to me, Margot Robbie was wearing curlers in that flashback. Yes, yes. And she's so gorgeous that I didn't even notice. Oh, you so didn't? London <laughs> ki London kind of faulted me for that because she wears curlers sometimes and I do notice. Oh, that's you oh, are, thank you, are you. you are faulted. <laughs> uh, yeah, I noticed she was in curlers, but I mean she still looked great. And I'm sure London looks great too. So there you go. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, um 
But, right, so we saw a lot of, well, we saw Deadshot, Batman interaction, and then we see a lot of, we actually see Batman in, in, interacting with Harley Quinn and Joker, which I thought, okay, that, so it was the scene with uh, Harley and Joker driving his, his purple, purple Lamborghini. Lamborghini. Ah, and, Song reference. <laughs> and, uh, and Batman is chasing the Batmobile, and then he gets on top of the car, and then they're about to crash off of the bridge into the water, and Batman grapples away, and the car crashes, and so Batman dives in, which is now like, that figure is also like a, a regular action figure. It's a Funko with him with the, with the uh, breather. Yes, which that you can buy that toy anywhere now. <laughs> <laughs> you can and merchandising. They know. I have to say, I did. I did enjoy that one sequence where he he's swimming down to save right, Harley and she's Quinn. like through the windshield, and he's like, oh, and then she wakes up and she tries to stab him with a knife, and it's in the water. Like, in the water, yeah. and then she like when she misses, she starts laughing, <laughs> and I was like, it, that's great. That's great. That's a wonderful indication of psychotic. When you would rather laugh than breathe because you're 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 letting all your air escape. Like that's great. But um and but of course the Joker is nowhere to be found. Right. He totally escapes, gets well, out of the car, doesn't try to save Harley. Well, so that's he well. can always come back for her later. But, well. but, here's, <laughs> but one thing I noticed that people were getting a lot of flack with um was Batman punches Harley in the in the face underwater right. and knocks her out. And yes. a lot of people were like, "What's up, Batman? Like you're punching a woman unconscious underwater. Like that's not cool." Right. I saw that and then when he takes Which by her... the way, physically impossible. But go ahead. <laughs> people talk right, about Right, Adam, that. underwater? Like can you throw a punch and have it do anything? Not really. There's too much water resistance, especially yeah, exactly. deep that down. But as far as Batman punching a, a woman, just to give a funny anecdote, was uh, my dad is a police officer, as, as a lot of people know. And when he was in his rookie year, he would come home with scratches on his face and black eyes sometimes. Oh, wow. And my grandfather would ask him, you know, he's a triple black belt, my dad. And yeah. my grandfather would ask him, why are you, why are you coming home so beat up? And he's like, because dad, you told me never to hit a woman. And my grandfather That's kind fair. of, my grandfather kind of went, once they pass the criminal line, they're not a woman anymore. You can fight them. Oh, I got you. If they, if they hit first, it's okay. And so people talked about that scene. And then when he brings her to the Batmobile and then plays on the Batmobile and he doesn't think she's breathing. He he tries to give her mouth to mouth, but then Harley just starts kissing him. Yeah, and, that was great. But then people kind of took that scene and said, oh, was Batman trying to do something? I mean, no. I I've, I've read tons of reviews. Come on. They were like, he seemed kind of rapey. And it's just, oh my it was, God. I, I mean, we I, could, I mean, and are maybe. are seeing what they want to see. And maybe uh, we could talk about this just for a second. Sure. Uh, just the the critics um reviews some of them i i understand they complained that there wasn't enough character development that the movie seemed kind of it, it disoriented it wasn't it didn't flow as well they weren't sure who the villain was all of these things but then when sure. i've read some where they don't like uh harley quinn because she seemed like a dolled up damaged girl yes i would agree with that and they don't and they didn't like batman because of the thing i just said that they're like oh maybe he was trying to do something with harley and that's, i just certain things it's like that's hmm. a hard press like i i someone is drowned the first thing you do is give them cpr well i mean the first thing you do is try to get the water out of their lungs and then you should give them cpr so 
I understand that he. I took it that he right. was just he giving wasn't her trying CPR. to do something. He was just trying to revive. Her. Yeah, I, you know, and then surprise, she she ended up kissing him as a as a right. joke, and then she starts I, laughing. So yeah, you know well, that's, that's just psychotic. That's you know? just Harley. That's, that's the way to go. Exactly. I will agree with them that um, this version of Harley Quinn is very sexualized and very uh, yes. dolled up. Very. Um, put on a pedestal that that she's the hot crazy girl who's also really fun and vivacious and don't you want someone like her that i can understand and it is a it is a problem to to put something like that as an icon to aspire to i found myself even with all of my you know knowledge of this isn't a healthy relationship i found myself you know rooting for the joker and harley i found myself being like i hope they get back together and are happy and um you know and and sure i hope i could find someone that devoted to me and and whatever i mean we, we've talked about this before um it's a, it's a tightrope it's a it's a weird tightrope and i think that is one of the re- we'll get into this of course but i think that's one of the reasons that they cut so much of the of the joker scenes so would you say that or what i would say that is harley always meant to be damaged and sexualized even in her animated series debut the way she's drawn she was drawn by bruce tim who who's drawn nude pinups yeah she's i mean she's a and so and you know joker although rarely physical because it was a cartoon was already completely abusive to her at least emotionally yeah well he was mentally manipulative but i mean this goes back to uh adam adam uh adam silverstein adam silverstein's point that came up in our harley quinn discussion of if Harley Quinn was morbidly obese, would you still consider her as cool or as a fan favorite as she is? And of course, the implied answer is no, you wouldn't. No. Half of the reason that you are so drawn to her is because she's incredibly attractive. Yes. (laughs) So, which I thought was handled very well in the film, uh, because you have have the guard who uh, goes to, I guess, you know, get her out of confinement to take her to transfer her or whatever or to feed her or whatever and he you know he's like you're so crazy but you're so hot like and i was just like yeah i i i get where you're coming from and it took me the second time seeing it to realize that that guard is the one that joker roughs up for the money (laughs) because the first time i saw it i didn't realize that and i was like okay well at least oh yeah no that was the whole thing no i I caught that the first time because there's several (laughs) scenes where that that guard is having fun with her while they're uh forced feeding her as as shadow adam pointed out to me i I didn't know what they were doing but they were in it turned out they were force feeding her and he's taking selfies and stuff and so that's why you know he's like you you're gonna tell the joker you know i i I watched out for you you know you gotta you gotta give me a good report and she's like you're so screwed right and and he is and he is right well i I, I would agree that the way that they... First of all, Margot Robbie is gorgeous. So we know that they purposely yes. did pick this actress. I, f- and- I found out that during her audition for uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. the character as written in the script by Martin Scorsese is, quote, 
the hottest blonde in in the world or like that. <laughs> the hottest blonde in existence and so they they cast margot robbie right which I yes was, you know interesting and i and as you said in in what you thought of the movie harley quinn was perhaps my favorite part of the film was the character that yeah, i really did want to see and, and they gave her tons of screen time and and I guess another connection with Batman to Harley, not just because it's Joker and Harley and Gotham and he's taking um, her, like what she's connected with Arkham and all of these things, but in her her bio that you see, it only comes up like for a second, but it mm-hmm. says that she is accomplice to the murder of Robin. Which I missed. You right. told me about that, but I right. missed it's it. It's like one of the first things that comes up on the screen mm-hmm. when they're sh- doing her flashback. And I think that's interesting i don't know if they will if they will explore that in a future batman solo film which i know is being made yeah ben affleck's writing it right and, and directing it um, right and i know he's writing with jeff johns on it too or sure. he has is involved so i don't know maybe that will come up maybe it won't but that's just an, an interesting fact oh i i <laughs> it's, there, it's, there's no way they it's crazy i it'll definitely come up i don't think they would have put it in there for nothing yeah exactly it, like they're building especially since that her being an accomplice to the murder of robin that's not not even something that is necessarily canon in comics or was part of it. No, I think so it's, it's, I think just, it's part of the DCEU. Right, it's because, just part of DCEU. Right, right. Like, you, like you said, when we see the Robin suit with the ha-ha-ha written on it um, in Batman vs. Superman, yes. obviously we're, we're taking that as an element taken from The Dark Knight Returns, but as you have pointed out numerous times that was released actually before the right um, that was in 86 and the before comic. a death in the family right and that came out so 80, 89 i think they're just having it be like yes joker killed him in some way we don't know how right and of course i think we're gonna see it right and we way. know or well, at least it's been confirmed through uh people who have worked with uh dc that that suit is jason todd so right. people just assume oh it's gonna be death in the family storyline he probably beat him with a crowbar blew him up or it'll or be something, something or something of course it, it doesn't have to be exact but they just figure oh well of course it's jason todd because joker kills him in the comics right, but there's a definite visual cue because he's got ha 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 written on him and then in in actually i believe uh, you can correct me if i'm wrong almost the same space on joker's chest he's got ha ha tattoo yes yes and so that's one of the reasons why people have been thinking that the theory of oh the joker is actually jason todd and he's robin oh you haven't heard that no (laughs) what are you talking about the joker is clearly batman's age (laughs) no people are hardcore on this theory they say that that he is but the joker's clearly batman's age I know. He's I'm not he's not old enough to be, he's not young enough Mason. to be a ward. They say why would he have Joker tattooed on him or the J on his face or things like that if he wasn't really Joker and there's just a laundry list of reasoning why they even though David Ayer has even said before the movie like right before the movie came out oh yeah I've heard about that that's not true at all. <laughs> like well, Joker is not 
that's what he's saying no 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 and i and i agree with him but i can also coming at it from the flip side of the fans perspective you know it's not like studios have lied haven't lied to us right before. of course if they wanted to keep that a secret they sure. can't say oh you got it <laughs> you, know, you guys guessed john snow's not in season six <laughs> what are you talking about look at imdb you know we've, we've talked about that i think that that's just a theory of course and now that we know that harley is an accomplice to his murder to robin's murder that's a <laughs> how are they going to explain that i i assume she lured him there in some fashion well right so it can't be um he, robin is joker is is what i'm saying or or or, 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 or was she the accomplice that that sealed him away like he was he was flipping back and forth from being the joker to being normal and they sent him to harleen quinzel for rehabilitation but actually he was like oh i'm getting margot robbie if i stay as the joker so that's sealed away you know i don't know well speaking of harleen quinzel with when we're introduced to harley we do get that we get part of Paul Dini's mad love backstory. Right. And then we also get part of the new 52 modern interpretation by Adam Glass and Suicide Squad. We get both of those backstories put together. We, right. we meet In her. In a very jarring way. Right. We, we see Harleen Quinzel in Arkham and we see that she has the Joker as a patient and that she falls in love with him which is just like Paul Dini as he introduced it. And she helps him break out of Arkham. And then we kind of do the switch of where Joker has Harley like tied down and he's beginning his kind of a transformation, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, he gives her electro shock, which which I understand was, you know, the, the thing that kind of started her down the crazy path. Right. What I didn't understand was, uh, the reason to basically repeat it and give her a different origin, like why couldn't she have just gotten electroshocked and then been Harley Quinn instead? Right, they're just like kept ha- more. I really like the the Paul Dini thing where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm 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 just crazy for Joker, and right? Sure. So she's not chemically imbalanced crazy. She's like, right. I'm just. I'm just, just nuts. I'm just nuts. Like, no, no, I was, I was like, you know, I mean, she's clearly infatuated with the Joker. So whatever the electroshock like seals it like that makes her, you know, crazy. I didn't see the need for him to go and be like, please throw yourself in the vat of chemicals that essentially made me the Joker. <laughs> um, but if you'll do it for me, then I'll know that you love me or whatever. So right. she does it, but then he dives in and strangely enough, surprise, the chemicals don't affect her appearance at all. <laughs> not uh, like his, not like it his. doesn't change her hair. No, nothing. And I'm just like, what's going <laughs> all on? We, like, but it's interesting because you see the swirls of the blue from her shirt and the pink from his right. shirt, which is purple and it fades, but it only does like half her hair. Yeah. Why didn't it go full on? Like she's still you know, partly blonde. I, I, I know that's, that's a visual it's a, yeah, thing, it's but still, license, you know. yeah, no, it's like, I agree. Hmm. I agree. Why? Well, by the same by the same token, why would the Joker carefully arrange over three hundred knives and guns in a in a bizarre circle just to lay <laughs> so down in the lay middle in the and, and laugh? You know, and I get it. Like, okay, that's an artistic thing, David Ayer, but <laughs> it's like it's fine. So, I mean, you know, that would have taken hours, right? Like, <laughs> right. So I do have to note, which is probably my favorite part of the whole movie, is between the electroshock therapy and then her falling into the vat. We see that Alex Ross cover. 
um, on sure. Paul Dini's book, the the Tango cover, and this is like the only time we see her in costume in the Jester costume with the, the makeup yeah. on, with all of that. And I thought that was that 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 was clearly for comic book fans because no one yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a it was a reference, right? To and the and Alex I Ross think we all three of us Easter were egg. having this discussion off off air. We were talking about who is this film made for is it is it made for the comic book fans is it made for the general public because it's kind of split of course there were tons of easter eggs from the federal building named uh, john f ostrander who created the modern suicide squad to the comic book covers to the the Deadshot cover in the beginning with the falling bullets and Dan Luisi did that cover to just all the things you I mean you usually see right. it's that like oh comic book fans if you're hardcore if you read comics you can t- see those visual cues you're like oh this is from this you know that and that's for us <laughs> which yeah, is fine sure and I felt that way with Batman vs Superman a lot i felt that there were a lot of different references to dark knight returns and different comics and things yeah, of that it's nature it's like oh that's you for you yeah. right uh but i think this movie was kind of split there were a lot of easter eggs which i enjoyed especially the alex ross cover which was amazing and then sometimes it, it maybe it was for the general audience i mean what what do you think it leaned more towards were they trying to make it a comic book movie or was it more like a action adventure this is a thing ghostbuster like, style right, type uh, right i mean the, there's definitely ghostbuster elements in there especially right. towards the end but like this is this is exactly to the point my answer is i don't know i i wish i could see the original director's cut and then Me i could too. tell you but essentially you know they'll have the film and then they they went in and and redid it so will we ever know what the intention was? I don't know. I, I do know that now we have conflicting intentions. It's this weird, dark dramedy with weird comic book references in it, if you want to see it. And, you know, I, I, I don't know what their intention was anymore. You know, I think basically they they had a movie that was made by David Ayer and then they saw the success of the Marvel movies, probably specifically Guardians of the Galaxy. Especially with soundtrack exactly. that you mentioned. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and they were like, We gotta make changes. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna lose big. We gotta make changes, which right. I think was a mistake. I think there are the, there are enough fans for both Marvel and DC to you know, you'll get your money. Right, you know? of course. So, I but I understand that they're trying to hedge their bets. And yeah, do you want to talk about the mu- the music or sure. do you want to continue talking about the characters or, or the flashbacks or any all of it? We can all talk of- about all of it. Well, first understand? we should take a break cuz yes. we're about an hour in. So, <laughs> oh, <wow>. hey. <laughs> this is setting up <laughs> round 2. Hope you guys are comfy in your chair. Anyway, we'll be right back. All right, here we go. We're back again. Um, well, okay, so well, let's talk about the music real quick. Okay, sure. I, uh, a lot of people have given it a lot of flack um, for all the songs. I enjoyed them. I know they were obvious. Um, I understand why they were there. I think they were there for two reasons. One is to obviously mimic Guardians of the Galaxy. And two, um, you know, from a filmmaking point of view, this, the songs were telling stories tidbits of information or stories or mood about either the scene or the characters or anything like that. It was very obvious. Um, 
I think my my main beef is that often the the songs would not match the tone of the scene that was going on that they were being played over. Uh, and an exception to this would be Harley Quinn's uh, introduction, where it's uh, "You Don't Own Me," and then of course her in the cage. And I thought that was very good. And of course, most of the things that involve Margot Robbie and Harley Quinn, I I enjoyed. Otherwise, it was it was either very obvious or it didn't quite fit. And I think that was one of the reasons that a lot of people were, were upset with it. It was also just a lot, which I didn't mind, but a lot of people did. One of my favorite songs was in there. And I was wondering if you thought it fit the mood. Is when Task Force S is assembling, basically getting their gear back. Mm-hmm. You hear Sympathy for the Devil by the sure. Rolling Stones. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean... Well, actually, that was more for Amanda Waller's introduction. That's true. Yeah. And so, sure. I mean, I saw that. Again, that that probably did fit. Um, it didn't quite fit because it's this very kind of peppy, upbeat song, and she's just walking into a prison. <laughs> right. Or when, but, after, or when they get into Harley Quinn's bio, they did like Super Freak. Which yeah, exactly. Like, that fits. Exactly. That, that kind of right. fits. Because she's Super Freak by right. Rick James. Yes. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, obviously the concept of you're making a deal with the devil fits Amanda right. Waller's character. And even the like, newer songs um, like... Purple uh, Lamborghini. Right. Like, well, Skrillex and Rick Ross, Purple Lamborghini, which a lot of people on the Instagram blog, they're like, oh, why is rap in here? Why is DC trying to make it all like this? And the music doesn't fit. And I well, think people don't realize that if they're trying to... They're using... Uh, artists who are popular and it's kind of and it's mainstream and so if they're going to do a song and they're doing it for the soundtrack they want people to buy the soundtrack so if you're a fan of Rick Ross you'll probably get that single or you'll probably get the album and what the song I really like is uh, I think it's by Kalani and it's Gangsta and it's that song um, When She Falls Into the Vat Mm -hmm. and that's clearly about their relationship but I think that kind of flowed well so yeah there were a lot of songs the even had the uh, Queen's uh, Bohemian Rhapsody in there, of which is, I love Queen. So well, like, that was for awesome. the trailer, and that though. was for the trailer too, which I was very excited. So the trailer songs, I was so excited. I'm like, oh, this music is great, and they had a mixture of both. But uh, yeah, I agree. Some of the songs during the scenes it didn't really mesh well, but then some totally worked. Right, and they had lots of music in there, which I don't really think that that's a bad thing. <laughs> I didn't think it was a problem. Um, I just, like I said, it was a little obvious and sometimes it didn't match, but uh, overall I like music in films. I think it's another element. So I'm, I'm down. Right. So I don't think the soundtrack was, was horrible. Right. And, you know, they had, they had a uh, 21 pilots and imagine dragons, little Wayne, all these different, different artists from different music genres. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just one. Well, no, I think, there, I think one of the strengths of this film is that it's a very diverse cast. Yes. It's, it's people from all bits, different ethnic backgrounds, all different social backgrounds and, and, you know, they're teaming up and i i liked that i thought it was a, a good way to show a, a wide variety which was really cool um i do want to talk about that but first i want to finish my little discussion about the joke do you want to talk about jared leto yeah i discussion? i want to do or this character? one now just because we were talking before uh, the break we talked about who is this movie for is it for comic book fans right. is it for general public and mm-hmm. i feel like for comic book fans from what i've seen Uh, people discuss and just my own thoughts as well that the joker that we saw in this movie was not like 
I think visually, yes, it was like comics, but I think there were his relationship with Harley and how he pined for her and was in love with her and said, oh, I'd do anything for you. And that feeling, it's not as, it's not like that most of the time in the comics or even in the animated series. No, it was a series. departure. And I think it was an, a, a vague effort to make it a more likable relationship that you would root for. Um, I think otherwise, you know, if you, if you took the, their relationship out of the cartoon world and put it in a real world and you saw how he treated her or what he did with her, or, you know, I mean, he's pushing her and he's shoving her all the time and all this stuff. If you did that in real life, everyone would be like, oh, no, this is nuts, man. Like, why is she with this guy? But this way, if you flip it so that the Joker is like as equally obsessed with her as she is with him, then it just becomes crazy love. Those two lovebirds and, you know, very Bonnie and Clyde, like just kill anyone who gets in our way, baby, because we're going to live forever as we drive off the cliff. Like, you know, hey, Batsy, you're ruining date night. Yeah, that was one, I did like that line. I thought that was that was great. Word. But my, my point about the, the Jared Little's Joker was I think it was cut down so much. And some of the scenes that were cut were implied to show him abusing Harley, which. Oh, would, absolutely. I'm w- sure of it. Which would make him pining for her kind of show that dynamic of the classic domestic violence I'm going to abuse you, but then later we're in the honeymoon phase and I love you, baby. Yeah, exactly. But, um, I would agree. It felt more like Joker complimented Harley in this movie. Whereas in the comics and other animated features, Harley has complimented Joker. Right. And Joker's role seemed to be reduced to just a grandiose walk on. I would agree. And also I was a little sad about it because, um, I was very curious about how Jared Leto was going to play his Joker, and I don't feel I got enough to really get a sense of it. Um, Right, I I agree. One thing, he was kind of like, they talk about why is rap in this film and stuff, but Joker, as he was portrayed, was essentially a a thug gangster right, crime yes. boss like with chains and you and got that feel and, even with the promotional and posters his, and just his the visuals layer is in a club like right. not a but he's all tatted up and or... has the grill yeah, and exactly. has the cane and the really long trench coat and just this whole vibe even before seeing like, more like footage exactly yeah. and then he's <laughs> and he kind of treated harley that way when they were in the club with uh well that was weird <laughs> there, that, that one oh is that common oh yes. man i couldn't even recognize him um but yeah i didn't that scene was just really bizarre because it was like this guy is this i don't know this thug played by common is in there and for some reason he's taking this meeting with the joker i don't understand what was going on there mm-hmm. at all but then the joker's there and he's like yeah like i'm gonna talk to you or whatever and then common of course notices harley quinn dancing up on stage or right. whatever and he's like oh your your girl's really hot basically and then the joker's like oh you want her like let me <laughs> let me give her to you and stuff and common's like no no I, and then he calls her like, over and like yeah we space it i mean common <laughs> i mean he's he's kind of like yo i would but she's your girl man right. so like i'm not gonna disrespect you like that and right. then joker's just like i'm gonna kill you because you don't want my woman or whatever i mean it was all just it was such a blatant excuse to kill him i will say um that i did not feel was was worthy of the joker uh 
I, I, I hate to, to drag out this comparison, but of course Heath Ledger's Joker right. was this kind of asexual, just kind of crazy menacing vibe where you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know what this guy's going to do. It could be nuts. And I felt Jared Leto's construction was basically, I don't know how else to say it. Like he was a little too sane. He kind of operated on this very flashy gangster level. Right. And I think in this universe, that's kind of what it is. And we didn't that's get to fine. see any more of that. Right. Maybe there is a whole other operation, other side, right. but we did not get to experience yeah, that. But I, and I, didn't, I, I didn't sense his, his psychoticness other right. than other than the typical emotional abuse like what can you do for me girl Prove and i your love think that maybe they purposely did that because amanda waller in the film says she's crazier than he is sure and i think they wanted to highlight that and kind of highlight harley's psychotic oh, like they definitely ins- insanity to way more yeah, because, yeah, she's because she's getting her own solo film yeah <laughs> exactly. no no that makes sense to me and and you know go for it because she, like i said she was the most interesting character right, definitely. i will say the one thing that i did like um which i thought was great both visually and also as as a character bit was that the joker had a mouth tattooed on the back of his yes. hand and he would hold it up in front of his face and laugh and mm-hmm. stuff. And I thought, that's kind of creepy. That's <laughs> kinda creepy. Um, yeah, there were some parts that were like, okay, that's that's a Joker vibe. Yeah. But definitely, um, as Shadow Adam mentioned, uh, a lot like deleted scenes where we saw a lot of photos on set where Harleen is talking to Joker and she puts a gun up to him and then he talks her out of it pretty much. And then she puts the gun down and he backhands her. Whoa. That was supposed to be in the movie. That was on the set filmed for the movie. Is, now, and we didn't get to see that. She puts a gun up to him as Harleen Quinzel. As Harleen, yeah. That's interesting. So so we should have seen that before her getting in the vat right, and all of those things. Right. That would have been there or but that again, part of the timeline at least. But again, that's too then. blatant, right? Like you can't hold that up as a as a relationship to root for. Of course. When you have because so at the end of the movie it. when Harley's in her cell and then it explodes and the guards break her in and then Joker comes and you you're happy that he has found her yeah, because that you think together. that he's dead because after he gets her in the well, helicopter I didn't think well he was I dead, didn't because but... I've been reading Batman comics and I know good and well Joker doesn't die Joker doesn't it takes more than an exploding <laughs> helicopter like, with no exit die? to kill Joker what are you talking about yeah. especially if you read any golden age stuff he he falls off he jumps off bridges all the time he falls off boats and all of these things right. he's in explosion then a few issues later the Joker's back, he's back. <laughs> right like, exactly he doesn't die so you kind of figured that and I knew that oh they would they would not kill him especially in his first movie thinking about it another way it's like he's gonna be in future films and things oh absolutely that i am curious if they will keep jared leto as it though I, right or if they're gonna go because there was a lot of right, backlash and, about right. him and i saw like in interviews he says he's been saying a lot lately that oh i want to be joker in the batman solo movie he even said he wants to work with batman in a movie as joker Wow. <laughs> that's what he said. I don't, I don't know if that would work. Would that work? May, oh, man. That's so... Well, didn't they team up once against Raish? Um, 
I comic not, knowledge. Not really. I no. mean, I know, I know, Joker and Rage were together. Yeah, I'm confused. And it. did You're that, right. That's but what really, they haven't teamed up. I know Batman has teamed up with a lot of different rogues, like Poison mm-hmm. Ivy, Riller, and and all the other ones. But with Joker, it's more like if well, they can't do reason with Joker, you can't. It's hard. He is definitely a wild card. Not to <laughs> make it, not to make it punny, but he kind of is. So no, he totally is. So if they did do that in live action. I, I would of course I'd go see it but it would be I don't know how they would make that storyline like, what would happen it. I mean the whole thing would just be I'd just be on countdown I'd be like any minute now the Joker's gonna be <laughs> right. any, any second now the only example I can think of and this is a crossover Elseworld is when Joker won't cooperate with red scroll when he finds out that he's a nazi all right well yeah but even then he doesn't work with batman and captain america he just won't work with the other bad guy because he's like i'm an american criminal lunatic not just a criminal lunatic because he thinks i got oh, standards that's, i have standards uh, but nazi. yeah there's no clear uh well, clear storyline where they work from like beginning to end together. They team up and nothing goes bad and it just works. Um, but yeah, I, I I do think that. Uh, well, of course, I didn't think he would die, and I and like I said, he was part. He was just for Harley. He was like the driving force in her story, and you can tell that even if we cut out the physical abuse, she was emotionally manipulated. It's like oh, manipulated. And she we was- talked about this off. I think after we saw the movie, like, you know, when she thinks he's dead, she takes off her put-in collar because, uh, yeah. well, <laughs> it's like he owed her a little yeah, bit. I mean, he, he gave there's the all collar. these little signs. And even in her her clothes, she her, her jacket, it says property of the Joker. Right. Like, everything she has like a, has a little J on it. Yeah, and- no, we, we talked about this. <laughs> like, uh, I mentioned that the, the collar, the giving of a collar to another person in in certain relationships is is almost as binding as a, a wedding ring and, right and the collar is this very you know it's a, it's a big moment so when she thinks he's dead and takes off her collar she's she's essentially becoming single again for for the moment until of course joker breaks her out of jail right so i think like we've said i i think that joker we didn't see as much joker as i thought and i would have liked to see more of him i liked right. his i liked his joker because as you mentioned heath ledger it's i mean going into this any actor who's going to be joker from it's now gonna on, be a tough it's, it's tough, gonna be a tough one because are agree. you going to try to compare yourself or try to mold yourself a little bit after ledger or even jack nicholson like you have to make it your own and i think with as much as as Jared Leto was given, I think he tried to make it his own with the laugh and just kind of how he carried himself. And yeah, I mean, I, I dug. I, but he I has liked, to. I liked his laugh, and I liked how I liked his dialogue. Like when he would speak, and he, he's much more chatty and mm-hmm. much more like uh, verbally manipulative right. than other Jokers, where he's he's got this kind of weird serpentine sinewy way of talking and mm-hmm. you know he's like oh you said the wrong thing buddy and then you're like all right well you're gonna die <laughs> but um yeah i mean i liked it i i will say that i think this is david ayer's vision of the joker to fit his suicide squad right. do i do i see this version of the joker running around in the extended universe i'm not sure Right. It's hard to place him and what we can see him in next. Of course, it would be something Batman Solo, something Gotham, but I don't right. know what that plot 
would be. Right, but I, I think I just have a problem seeing the Joker, like, so coherent. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, he's... He's like I'm. I'm a kingpin of a of a some sort of criminal organization, and I have henchmen. Like, what's up, boss? Like, we're gonna do this, and yeah, I, I just don't know. Like, I mean, he's had henchmen in the past, but it's just right. kind of this weird and thing. He, he's had henchmen in like Brian Azzarello's Joker one shot, and he always has henchmen, but it's never. I don't know. It's it's always like the henchmen can go or not, like can you could take them or leave them. They're not right, really like right. a defined person. Well, so. I always thought like the henchmen are are working with the Joker basically out of fear that they're like, oh yes, if I don't do what he says, he already knows where I live. He could just kill me. Yes, or he's gonna track down my family or kill or, my family. Or, yeah, yes, exactly. Of so course, like of I just course. I gotta do what he says. Right, and so I I get that. And then uh, eventually he gets uh, his clown girls who are just, you know, wildly addicted to him, such as Harley Quinn. Right. So, so yes, I I think that Joker wasn't as a comic book uh, act- accurate in terms of his relationship with Harley. That's more what I'm Right. I think on, they were that forging dynamic. their own new relationship to, yes. from which to base everything off of. Exactly. Because if they were accurate to how things have been portrayed thus far, you would never root for this right. relationship. You would not. Even though we've discussed in that episode that even though we do know the relationship they do have, people still are like, oh, that's the kind of love that I oh, yeah. want. Oh, exactly. And I think, <laughs> and that's the one thing that I worry about is that this movie really upped that. Yes. Where they're like, see, isn't this a paragon? of what you would want out of your relationship this this idea that we'll do anything for each other right especially that line when joker asks her would you die for me and she's like yes he's like oh no that's too easy would you live for me yeah that's hardcore which i thought was, <laughs> that's dangerous that well, was you know that was it's an well, unreasonable if, request if people are watching it and they aspire to have that type yeah, of they're relationship like, i'm gonna ask my yeah exactly like that. that's what i mean that can be dangerous yeah no i mean essentially what you're doing especially is you're, for younger people very out much there. so yeah. because what you're doing is you're setting up a you're setting up an eye an icon of uh, a very unstable relationship mm-hmm. that's basically a sid and nancy relationship extremely volatile twice right. as bright half as long and next thing you know you're all gonna drive off a cliff together because that's the only way that you'll prove your love and i don't know whatever it's it's a dangerous thing and i i think i was gonna ask you about this like how do you feel about your little sister seeing this film? Like, do you feel hmm, that that's because she has she has expressed interest in Harley and Joker? Yes, she has. And from talking to her, I mean, I always talk to her about Harley Quinn and Joker just because I do history of the Batman, and she knows that their relationship is very toxic. And even when I first but saw it's the not movie, shown to be that bad in this film in the movie exactly so and and after i saw it the first time she texted me and she asked me how i liked the movie and she was like oh does joker abuse harley like that's like she straight out just asked me that yeah, yeah sure yeah smart. and i mean i told her i was honest with her but it was like kind of it's like kind of but i think i've talked to her enough about all the comic book stuff and their relationship then and we've gone deep like talking about how that's not okay and just how it's portrayed and people vie for that type of relationship when it's really damaging i I, i'm hoping that she understands that but i'm sure if she's i mean 
if if she goes to see it, she's like, I want to see it with you. So I'm like, okay, so I'm sure. going to see it with her. Well, so I mean, I'm everybody's sure going to make their own determination. Right. And if she sees the movie and she's like, oh yeah, I was so happy when Joker wasn't dead. I mean, maybe she might see that because that's what you're supposed to feel. Right. That's why that's how they did the movie. Oh no, it's it's, it's constructed. In that <laughs> it's way, constructed of that way. Like you so, want them to get back. To, like exactly. you know, he's texting her the whole the guard. Uh, uh, he corners one of the guards at the prison at a casino and is like, you're going to do some stuff for me. And basically the guards, the, the guard that was torturing her slips her the cell phone and the Joker's texting her the whole time. Like right. I'm on my way. <laughs> I'm coming for you. Yes. And don't give and up. So just and... all of that. You're like, Oh yay. He's trying to save her. Right. He, he's, he loves her. And well, it's a very Bonnie and Clyde yeah. thing. Like you want them together so they can basically go off and die together. Blah, blah, blah. Mason, you had mentioned when we first saw the movie that you wanted that uh, guard who was messing with Deadshot and Harley to get his comeuppance, but we never saw that. That's true. Uh, the guard that was torturing Harley Quinn and messing with everyone psychologically. Yeah, yeah. No, I. Well, yeah. I mean, well, that that turned out to be the guy that Joker was right, but torturing. He, but he, yeah, but or he, uh, he, uh, supposedly he threatened, he threatened he, him. He, he that guard never really got his comeuppance. It's, right, it's, and that's a part um actually that's the fault of the deleted scenes because even and that's another thing in the trailers there's a lot of scenes in the trailers that we don't see in the movie Mm -hmm. which is a huge thing but he's the guy that he's saying i can't wait to show you my toys and it's like is is literally talking to him like oh i'm I'm gonna mess you up but we don't get to see that because they cut it out oh i thought he was talking to batman or something no no he's talking to that guy yeah so he does i i does something to him yeah deleted scenes man right that's why it's like ah the deleted scenes kind of i think if they kept the deleted scenes just you jokers Mm -hmm. we would have seen a lot more i think it would have been more accurate joker that we're used to sure but that's just how the movie is well, because they're like Batman vs Superman was too dark, right. so we got to make sure it's not that dark because Joker abusing Harley. Oh no, that's too dark. I mean, well, that's I mean, what it. Yeah, well, physically, it's harsher for him to slap her than just to say, "Oh, you should fall in this vat and <laughs> roll with me. me." Yeah. Although, <laughs> arguably, like which one's worse? I don't know. You know, I, I can't say. It's it's really tough. But whatever Twilight did it, oh, I did it again. I brought Twilight into it anyway. So of course we've talked about Deadshot. And, By the and way, Harley I'm gonna disappear. Joker. I know you're psychically linked to me, but I'm gonna disappear for a year and never talk to you again. <laughs> and you're gonna wake up every night screaming, <laughs> screaming because I left you. But then I'll come back but and it'll I'll be all back. it'll be all right. It's okay. It's okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> Twilight. Okay. Anyway, I just uh, had to get that out of my so way. So clearly, you're gonna commit suicide. You're gonna try to commit suicide because you can't be with me. But I'll come back. It'll be okay. It's fine. It's fine. This is this is love, everybody. Twilight. Twilight. Okay. It's all bad. I'm <laughs> done. All, no, okay. I mean there's there's good love stories. Oh, I just of course. You know, it's just this. <laughs> I'm upset. Although I will say this, I think it is very telling that we've spent over 40 minutes talking about the Joker and Harley. I was just gonna say and we, we haven't have even fo- talked about the, film. the other ones, right? We've talked about Deadshot. We talked about Harley. Talked about Joker, but well, they are we, top of we the bill. Touched on Deadshot. Well, Deadshot. I I think he did a good job. I think. Well, so. I I agree. I think the uh, the other highlight for me, apart from. Margot Robbie's solo time as Harley Quinn <laughs> was 
her hanging with Deadshot. Right. And I can definitely know. see them the uh, adventures of Harley and Deadshot, which this pretty much sure. was what the movie was. Yeah, I mean they were <laughs> they were flirting but with each I other. But I did like El Diablo. I did like no, Jay Hernandez's character and I uh I like that they gave us more background about his wife and his kids and sure. all of that, which and I like that he the was kids the are one. in bed. You wanna kick it? What up <laughs> anyway. I I did like that. I thought they could have did more with Killer Croc. I thought he only like said a few things and that he was said, it. Like, three lines. Yeah, I thought they could have did more develop with that. I thought they could do way more development with Katana. Yes. I totally I was kinda bummed that. out. I was very disappointed with that. Katana <laughs> shows she is up. badass. She's totally badass. So much she that. can cut down people steal their souls with the sword i didn't see any of that i was wondering yeah how we that didn't see out. the actual transfer of sucking like, of the soul <laughs> right, which, which i, I thought, thought would have been great yeah and she only had like uh, maybe five lines maybe six right Subtitled. there's like one brief <laughs> moment where she's praying to the sword because she's worried she's gonna die and she's right. like my husband she's like, I'll, I'll see come you again join. yes and I'll like that's you. cool and i i agree that but She's such a cool character, and they literally gave her a token walk-on bit. Right, they totally did. And I felt really bad, because everyone's like, oh my god, you got this for your first role? Oh my god, girl. And I'm like, she has maybe six lines. Yeah, you know? right. So And uh, Captain Boomerang, I heard that they took out some things that kind of showed that racist, sexist side that I told you oh, about really? in the comics. Sure. But he just seems like kind of like well, a drunk Well, that's okay. He bit. was already like not a cool... Like I just didn't like his character. Yeah, I, I was yeah, hoping he was... would die. The only thing <laughs> that I did like, mm-hmm. because I mean, what's he going to do? Throw a boomerang at it? Like, come on, man. <laughs> the only thing I did like was uh, at, at, at one point there... Uh, their explosives or whatever are uh, deactivated, and the very first thing he does is he just bolts. bolts. He just leaves, <laughs> but then he comes back. Right, which, I think he sees that, them walk, and maybe there was a a scene that we missed. Maybe there was like a there short, must have been something. Something because why did he join them? That happened. That happened <laughs> twice. Like Harley Quinn successfully has her bomb deactivated and escapes, and then she thinks the Joker is dead. Mm-hmm. Right, and I'm like, she would just leave, like she would go off and do something else. But instead, she mystically returns. Right, she to, sits on the car, takes off the collar, and then she's like, "I'm back, I'm back, I'm coming back to the team." <laughs> it's like, why didn't she just leave? Why didn't she just leave? No idea, no idea that she couldn't Which, just go. It, off I didn't and do feel that else. she Hook was up with that Poison connect- Ivy. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think she was that connected with the team to say, "I'm gonna stay because you guys are my friends and we're gonna right. do this." That's that's one thing I missed. I didn't feel that that connection just like when el diablo's like no i'm not gonna leave my friends my well, family my family yeah this is crazy and like these like, people have known each other for maybe a couple just hours met a few hours yeah. ago that's that's one thing that i thought was really kind of bs like the, the the at the end of the movie they're all standing up for each other and they're like we're together we're family you can't break us blah 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 and i'm like you've met these guys for two hours and you're criminally insane all of you like you're not forming any bonds here like that's that's insane so i didn't i didn't believe that which unfortunately it turned out was supposed to be like the heart of the film. That is, that was supposed to be and the it thing. was like friendship matters. It's like squad, I, hashtag yeah, squad. Right. And I was like, there's no way you got you guys have not been through enough together. To, <laughs> this is your first mission. You've been together for less than six hours. You're not like gonna go off to a demon and be like, 
nah, this is my family, no, dog. This like, is whatever. It. Yeah. Sacrifice myself. Oh, anyway, <laughs> I just didn't buy it. I just didn't buy it. Um, I, I liked Rick Flagg's character. I thought he was okay. I thought he, oh, he was the role. Great. Joel that, Kinnaman? Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, he, he, he served his purpose. One thing that you mentioned before is when he tells Deadshot after he breaks the phone, it's like, oh, your daughter writes to you every day. Right. And bam, I have these letters. <laughs> what? Like, why are you bringing these things on the mission? Where, <laughs> why are you where giving are to co- me at this bar? Right. Like... We're all going off on a suicide mission. Let me bring a bunch of these right. letters we just in case. We might die going up against Enchantress, but look, man, your daughter writes you every day. I've, I've had this with <laughs> what? me. Yes, <laughs> I didn't even know about your daughter until like six hours ago. Like, it was crazy. Like, they're artificially manufacturing relationships between these people. So, Tom Hardy was originally cast in the movie but had some uh, schedule what? conflicts and As likely he was Rick Flagg. Who do you think? Would you have rather seen that Mason? I don't know about rather. I would have liked to see it. I, I thought Joel Kinnaman was, was decent and good. I mean, yeah. but I'm a Joel Kinnaman fan. I've been a fan of his ever since the killing. I think all of the casting fit. It's just in terms of the character development that right. I think was the biggest flaw of the movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had fun, which I like that when you go sure. to a movie and you laugh and sure. you had fun. But of course, some some characters had much more screen time or much more developed. And, and it did feel like some things were missing, which I'm sure were a lot of the deleted scenes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, like they're, they're definitely, I mean, a ton of stuff is missing. Yeah, I would so, have liked to have seen Captain Boomerang and Katana's fledgling relationship right because he kept like oh we should get a drink sometime yeah, maybe or him, or her just be like no <laughs> instead of just these weird silent moments <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not over my dead husband which fuels my entire comic right exactly <laughs> exactly so, it fuels why i do this exactly you know <laughs> by the way i carry his soul with me in my in my sword so you're kind of hitting on me in front of my dude but whatever i don't know i it, it goes back to what you were saying where apparently the scene in the bar a lot of people have been saying that that's like the best scene but they cut a bunch out of it yeah which i thought was weird and like i said if you watch the trailers and like 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 shadow adam said some guys suing warner brothers because they cut out a lot of joker or they were like oh i was i was expecting this and then i didn't of course the 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 suing is (laughs) i mean it's a publicity stunt right of course but there were a lot of scenes that I felt, oh, okay, I thought that would fit in the movie, but it didn't. So mm-hmm. maybe we will get that director's cut, that ultimate edition. Oh, but I just feel I like maybe they shouldn't <laughs> have to do that. You should just put... Because <laughs> it I feels mean, so... You're, you're like, right, London, but at the same time, it's a, it's a guaranteed money cash in. And right. that's what rules Hollywood, man. It's like, oh, I'm guaranteed to make money if I do this? Well, I'm going to do it. Right. Like, there's just of no course. way around it. Right. So, I will say this. Some some real basic flaws uh, in the script writing. Um, I don't think Enchantress should have been the main villain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... If you wanted to get into it, I think someone else should have found the statue of her brother and opened it. And then her brother takes that person over and tracks down his sister and goes into and starts the whole thing and builds this army, whatever. And then they all have to go and confront him. And then Enchantress like 
confronts him and decides to join him and betrays the party like that's way better right, because she already have an allegiance with right. task force x because it's like and that it, way amanda waller the isn't start. the cause of the right whole and thing, it was like you know. from the jump that she was like oh she's the bad guy right. look what happened right. <laughs> so yeah i i definitely would have liked to see her more interact with the squad yeah and i definitely want to say and that, then have to do that yeah right. i definitely want to say that the actress that plays enchantress cara yeah cara delavine she was great oh yeah i loved her i thought she was i thought she was awesome she just went totally hokey like Mm -hmm. i was like i dig this i dig her as june moon and i dig her as enchantress it's awesome and then all of a sudden she flips and becomes enchantress with power and basically does this like weird Cleopatra queen of the damned impersonation right. for the rest of the film where she just kind of dances, she dances needlessly <laughs> in front of this giant blue light that, yeah, a lot of people talked about that. They're like, I don't understand the belly dancing. Why yeah, is that she, necessary? Well, she, so weird. she never stopped moving. <laughs> and I was like, if you're a queen or even a goddess, like you don't have to move all the time, girl. Like I get it. You know, you can just sit on your throne. It's cool. Like it's okay. And uh, I also didn't understand why uh, she didn't just get more power. Like it, it seemed almost too easy for them to attack her. Like I mean, she has an army of hundreds of weird, unstoppable warriors. But they're right. just like no problem. We'll just come. And by the them. way, Harley being the one cutting out the heart and everything you had to right because she's like the main squad member like because she goes up to her and says i lost my pudding can you bring it back right, and right. she's like of course i yeah, can, I can and then she want, yeah. like leans down and it's like and but she does say like oh you're like messing with my friends yeah, or yeah, something yeah. and of course there's that I'm other thing betray my friends you and guys are like, friends you don't oh. have any allegiance <laughs> to these people at all apparently they all do not they do not they when do. faced with getting your ultimate wish <laughs> It's like, yeah, uh, I've known you for six hours. Oh, I could have my ultimate wish. Hmm. Hmm. Is that, that's not such a hard decision. Right. Especially since if she thinks Joker's dead and like, she can envision, oh, she's married to Joker. They have a family. It's like, oh, you can do that. That that was one of my favorite parts was where Harley Quinn, and I'm sure it, it was Harley because, you know, they're setting her up for her own film or whatever. But she steps out and is like, hey, guys, maybe we've been thinking about this the wrong way. Maybe getting our heart's desire is okay. Right. <laughs> and, and she's on the whole, like, what is, join the, it. Like, what is the world ever done for us when no, I mean, Deadshot's like, we're supposed to save the world or they're going to take over the world. She's like, uh, what is it Well, Deadshot's me? fighting like, for his daughter, but Harley Quinn right. was like, was like oh, what's, so? your, what's your girl got to do with me? Which right. Which is, you know, fair. And that's how it should be. It's right. a kind of, it's a every man for himself, which right. is why, yes, you do see that bonding in the suicide squad comments thing like that. But at the end of the day, it really just like, Oh, well, if I have to kill you to get to from point A to point B, I will do that. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, in, in later films, like if they, if they have a couple more missions, they'll grow to respect course, each other. Of course. But right off the stuff. back, it's no, like, it's not going to happen. Everyone's <laughs> just like, cool. I'm glad. I mean, I was actually, I was actually really surprised that Deadshot missed when Amanda Waller's like, shoot Harley Quinn and you'll get, you know, your daughter back and right. her, her and financial free. security <laughs> and all that stuff. Like what all this stuff that you asked for before, like she'll go to college and all this stuff, you know, just shoot Harley. And he's like, boom. And then, you know, I missed. And I was just like, 
why why would you miss right. Deadshot? Well, of like, course, he I mean, purposely was like, I'm just going to go a little bit off because right, he didn't but why? want to. Why not? Because apparently he cared no, about Harley. No, it's because she's hot. No. And that's the only reason. <laughs> that's the only reason. He's like, she's crazy So you're saying if that hot. was Captain Boomerang and Amanda oh, you Waller's better, oh, like... Be dead. <laughs> His head would be gone. Adam, back me up. Back me up. Yeah, if it was any other character, she'd be dead. 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 Instantly. And he'd be like, let's go home. A dead shot true to the comics would have killed her. I don't know. They were banging in the comics. Yeah, but still, he he is about he is more about the mission um, in the comics. So of course, that's a little bit of a character flaw in terms of translating it. But they want to establish that that is his friend. They're a team, friend. and they he wouldn't want to to do that. You know, never mind that she abandoned all of them to go be with Joker and whatever it sort of felt like like we've talked about in the podcast already one of those will smith being will smith moments it was one of those one-liners like welcome to earth food it was was just like that (laughs) yeah 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 no i agree and then again at the end uh when june after they successfully kill enchantress by cutting out her heart and crushing it uh rick flag crushes it but don't worry, June Moon s- s- miraculously survived in this she just like weird. It back and it's like, yeah, it's like this weird cocoon invasion of the body snatchers thing. She's like, I'm escaping, and now we can be together forever, and I love you. And it's like, what a what a shoehorned happy ending that was. And then they make out. You know that bothered me because she's pretty disgusting after she comes out of that cocoon thing. No, 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 no. You're wrong. She actually comes out and she's like beautiful and clean. Yeah, it's 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 totally fine. And she's naked, so they're totally gonna make out. Okay, no problem there. Nice. (laughs) So yes, and so after they stop Enchantress, and then of course the movie ends with with uh, Joker rescuing her quote-unquote rescuing harley and them going home right fine and then we get to our our mid-credit scene which has amanda waller and bruce wayne which surprised me because like i said i didn't even think we'd see enough batman but the fact we saw bruce wayne i mean you knew that, that was coming you knew something was coming i didn't know i had no idea how much involvement batman was going to be in this film i, I really didn't i well maybe it was a studio decision as part of the reshoots to add more in because they're like we gotta hype justice league we gotta hype the new batman movie which we gotta of hype course all this stuff. right and of course it was uh, Amanda Waller giving information about the metahumans, which it did include Enchantress in there. Yes. Which, hmm. Like, well, I <laughs> what think, does that mean? Well, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it means we shot this scene before we decided to kill Enchantress. I, I don't know. I mean, it could be either one, but I was surprised that there wasn't like a little deceased on there. But, mm-hmm. um, or maybe they found another host for her. I have no idea. Um, but I will say this that, uh, doesn't he already have this information when he raided Lex Luthor's files in well, Batman vs Superman? Maybe this information is to find them. I'm not sure. 
Maybe it's the, it's the in-between of him seeing the files on Le- in the mm-hmm. LexCorp drive. And then we're now, this is right, because the movie did say it's right after the events of Amber Superman. So did he you? knows that. I didn't that, catch that. Well, well um, that's what they said before the movie came out. They were just oh, placing it in there. Okay. So you're just supposed to know. That's why when it's like, has a Superman shirt and on the back says, remember. Yeah, no, I caught it that. It happened like right after that. But whole, that is an Amanda Waller flashback and it's not clear when that took place right, in right. relation to the film and this is another reason that like the the new edit with the deleted stuff is, is so weird yes it's very choppy and you don't know how and things you're are, and you're probably missing a lot of little information that could help you just along oh, with yeah. understanding the film for sure and so yeah so amanda waller gives him that information which includes flash in there and, and aquaman and the best part was uh she's like you look tired you should stop working nights and it's like she knows that you're batman she bro knows that you're batman. <laughs> And then his whole thing. She didn't even catch a fingerprint. (laughs) 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 And he's like, oh, well, me and my friends are going to stop you. So that's just alluding to, I'm going to make the Justice League and we're going to shut you guys down. And it's like, okay. So, of course, that was that was for justice league which they're what building it, up what it what was the deal she was like i'll do i need you i'll give you the information but you need to help me oh he just wanted to protect her from all the events that happened in in, in uh in, in the city in the city because it He's was like just, i'll use my wayne corp connections exactly. to like help cover yes. up so he used his power as bruce wayne yes. to help her and she's giving information so he can use his stuff as batman right. yeah. <laughs> pretty much so maybe she didn't know that he was batman no maybe she's just like i, I think she staying knew. up so late bruce wayne no no, no. that's not what that meant she it's knew he was batman i don't know man she knows everything all right all right fair enough but that means the government is aware of batman's true identity wouldn't they just like reveal it later i think she's aware of batman's identity well, i think she is keeping yes i do I do. I but we've uh, seen maybe. that in comics though. Maybe. She's like, I will keep your secret if you keep ours. Like oh, yeah. that's the okay. deal. That's All the right. shadiness right. that is Amanda Waller. All right. My bad. My bad. Maybe. Maybe. If you recall in the movie, she did say that the most, be- the best power of all is leverage. She- well, that was her view, and then right. his view was like something else. He was like, No, it's togetherness right because she's like i don't use this information to get friends i use it to get leverage that was her thing right because he's he's like like, oh i'm doing this for friends or whatever friendship (laughs) yeah like which of course um after seeing the trailer for justice league and everything you're like oh right justice league it's supposed to get you more pumped right you're like yes so you think they're going to do a Justice League versus Suicide Squad? <laughs> I don't know. Friends but I, friends. And I've told you this before, Mason. I yeah. really, I just want to see a scene where Harley meets Wonder Woman. And I want to cool. see that interaction cool. so bad. Yeah, that would be cool. I won't because lie. Because I think that would just be so fun. Just her reaction to sure, her. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's it's How two fun. it's two ends of the spectrum. Yeah, no, it'd be amazing. Like, for sure. So, yeah, I definitely would like to see characters, like some of the Suicide Squad characters, um, interact with other Justice League members. Yeah, and that should and I, totally and I definitely happen think, in the future. I definitely think that's, that's going to happen in the Harley Quinn centric movie. I right. Think, you know, she's going to be hanging with Wonder Woman and Poison Ivy and, and Batgirl. And right. All this and stuff. my hope is since we didn't get to see a lot of Katana in this, and if they do want her in other movies, maybe in this Harley sure Quinn centric so. movie, 
she'll be in there. I, I sure hope so because That'll they, be cool. man, you want to talk about underused. Yeah. I mean, you talk about how Slipknot, Slipknot was like a, a dead walk on. Like, Katana had less lines than Captain Boomerang. Right. You know, and she just kind of looked cool, but like she didn't do anything. And none of her lines were in English. There were a couple. Were there? Yeah, I, I, be- I believe in the bar scene she speaks in English. Oh, yeah. She's like, I'm not a thief. Right. right. And then right. Desha's like, right. yeah, she's not a thief. Right. Which is like, well, because she was, she was brought onto the Suicide Squad as an assistant volunteer. Although, this, this is my other thing. I didn't understand why she joined up to go have a drink with the team. Like, Right. She just left Rick Flag at yeah. the bar. She was like... I'm out. Yeah. Like, like oh. Rick Flag is like, you've been with me since the beginning. Come help me. And she's just like, I'm going to go have a drink with the people in the bar. <laughs> and I was just like, why? Why would you do that? It, the motivations of everyone was pretty weak, it, with the exception of Deadshot, who was doing everything for his his daughter his to daughter. be reunited with his yes. daughter. Yes. And, correct me if I'm wrong, but he missed when he shot at Batman. No, he he never shot at Batman. No, because his daughter got, got in, the in the way. It's like, please okay, don't shoot yeah, him. Because right. like, oh. otherwise he would have. He would have hit. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, well. Okay, well. Overall. Overall. What? How many bats? You, would you recommend it? Yes, I would recommend it. But I think since it's within this DCEU, mm-hmm. you kind of got to see it if you want to follow what's happening. <laughs> if you want to keep up. Yeah, you do. Otherwise, they'll reference a whole bunch of it in the next movie and you'll be and like, you're like what? what? Like if you didn't see Batman vs. Superman, but you saw Suicide Squad, you'd be like, what? You? <laughs> yeah, no, you'd be exactly like my friend who's just like, what's going on? It- I was going to say that your friend who didn't see Man of Steel, and even if she had seen Man of Steel, she's not a comic book fan probably would have had no idea what was going on in Batman versus Superman. Very little. Uh, It would have been just like London had said, like, why are these guys fighting? What's going on? Right. So I do think you should say, I think it is fun. Yes. It had flaws, but I think it's fun. And if you are a fan of Batman or Harley or Joker or any of these characters and you do know about them, go see it. Sure. I don't see why you can see it once. If you don't like it, don't go see it again. <laughs> just, I mean, <laughs> or you can wait for it to come out. Or you can wait, or you can wait for it to come out. Maybe the ultimate edition. Yeah, <laughs> all of those deleted with all scenes. The exact, all the You'll additional see it, stuff. Like, but I, I would. You, he asked me how many bats I want. How many so bats? <laughs> I'd give it eight bats. Eight. Eight. Better That's than better than Killing Joke. Yes. You think this one is better than Killing Joke? I had my reasons in the last one. Well, what are your reasons on this? That you would think that Suicide Squad is <laughs> well, better? Jeez, baby. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just shocked because Killing Joke is like the the equivalent of your animated, you know, yes. grand slam here. You're like, this is what I've been waiting for. So why is this better? I, I mean, well, I did like how they they put all of these characters together and they did introduce them in, in a way that I'm just like, hmm, how are they going to do all 11 figures and kind of do that? I really liked Harley. I did in general. I liked all the characters. I liked mm-hmm. Joker's portrayal and I did think the movie was fun. 
I, I did enjoy it. Yeah, there were some things that felt missing, clearly, and mm-hmm. some characters I wanted to see more of. But as a whole, I had I, I did think the movie was going to be good, but I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I initially went into. So I surprised mm-hmm. myself, I okay. suppose. All so right. I right. stand by my number. Okay. Hey. Right. <laughs> I stand Eight. by my bats. Superior to oh. Killing Joke. Do it. <laughs> Adam. Even though I liked it better than Batman versus Superman, yeah. I still have to give it about six out of ten bats. Six. Which was my same six. rating for Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. The only saving grace in this is Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. And as DC's most popular character, probably besides Batman right now, or I should say trendiest, mm-hmm. um, I think you should I would recommend it for that alone. You're, you're a man after my own heart. I, I essentially <laughs> was going to say that, you know, if you want to see Margot Robbie kick butt and be awesome as Harley Quinn, go see the movie. Like, that's that's really the only reason I would recommend it. I don't I don't really think there's there's nothing else in there to really draw me to see it. Um, it's got some cool special effects. I liked, you know, a lot of the other actors, but not enough to be like, let me get out of my chair and go see it. Um the woman who played Enchantress, Cara... Delavine. Is this her first film? No. No. Okay. She did Paper Towns. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Yes. Okay. Well, anyway, well, she was good. And, you know, everyone's good. Jared Leto's good. Will Smith is good. Um, you know, the girl who played Katana was good. I, I just... It wasn't, like, super exciting. It didn't, like, engage me where I was like, oh, I want to see these people again and again. Um but I, I did feel that for Harley. Right. I was yes. definitely like, I, I want to see her. I completely agree. She stole the show. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. She did. <laughs> I, I told you. Like, and I am when fine she wasn't, that. When she it's... wasn't on screen, I was literally looking at Where my watch. Like, when is she coming back? Mm-hmm. I want to see more of her. So yeah. that's so definitely. how that's many a, bats? I got to go with Adam, man. He, he read my mind. Six, Six out of ten. Okay. Because I preferred the killing joke. It was more coherent. It made more sense. And I could follow along better. Um, you know, this film was okay. Uh, I I liked it, uh, you know. I think another thing for me, why I gave it eight in The Killing Joke, someone's like, mm. I knew it was going to happen in The Killing Joke. Fair, fair. <laughs> so the, at I, least there was no unknown. surprise. Right, okay. <laughs> Which, All right, fair enough. I love the comic, so that's fine. I'm glad it was faithful, but Suicide Squad, I didn't know what they were going to do. Sure, I mean, they could have so, done anything. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, it, and it was cool. <laughs> I just wish it was more unified in tone. So that yes, they I agree. I so that they... Do had a, a unified vision out of it right. and, and it would probably and make I, more sense. It'd be better. And maybe the extended cut will be. Right. And even uh, Gerolito... It, it comes out. Right. Gerolito even said they shot enough footage of him as Joker where he could have had his own movie and it would be rated R. That is what he said. Wow. It's that much. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's crazy. Yeah. That that's there's less said. than five minutes in the movie. <laughs> well, I, guess, I don't know. Maybe ten minutes. So I'm hoping that we do some... At some point see those deleted scenes because i think we would get a better feel for joker and i think that's what fans were anticipating they want to see harley and they want to see joker right (laughs) you know and then they want to see joker feud with deadshot over harley over harley so you know we'll see all right so yes we have another dceu movie in our pocket nice yes i mean yeah i'd say go see it but try and catch a matinee if you can (laughs) i don't know if i drop full price 
do not spend the $25 yeah. to see it in or, IMAX 3D. No, I, I yes. definitely don't that think That is another thing. You do not need to see it in or 3D. Or if you're going to do that, go you on a don't. date and get them to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? It, 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 you can see it in 2D on the screen and it is still fun. I had fun. It was fine it with was, me. It was, yeah. Yeah. So for sure. And then I don't know, New Fifty Two. Does that pick up after the movie or anything? It doesn't pick. Well, the comic that's out now isn't anything after the film. It's oh, just okay. its oh, but it uses those characters that are mm-hmm. in the movie in the comic. So people are like, oh, I want to read it because I know these characters. Sure. But it's not like oh, after the film, this is what happens. Right. So well. You go, should still read the comic, though. Yeah, go to go no. to Meltdown anyway yeah, and read the comics. Pick up the comic. Yeah, it's, it's only one issue in, so you can catch up. Boom, boom. Seventy-five twenty-two Sunset Boulevard. We've got tons of comics and comedy shows and events yes. and nerd culture, all this stuff that you can think of. Check out some of the other podcasts on our network because we've got tons and we're going to release new shows uh, very, very shortly. Woo-hoo. And uh, London, if anybody wants to debate or rant or yes, anything, how can they which hit I know you? many of you have been giving your opinion and your thoughts on the Instagram page. But if you want to talk directly to me and tell me your thoughts, you can always email me at historyofthebatman at gmail.com. You can follow me and become a Gothamite and join this bat community and follow on instagram at history of the batman on twitter at hist of the batman and on facebook at history of the batman and if you have any questions or comments or suggestions or requests for future episodes anything you just want to say hi you want to give feedback on the show you can always email me at history of the batman at gmail.com and of course subscribe to this podcast on itunes on blogtalkradio.com on Stitcher and you can listen on the Meltdown Comics website at meltcomics.com. Yes. Yeah. Good, good call. And also now thanks to the Instagram upgrade, they can email you directly. Yes, which is great. If you go to my Instagram page at the very top, it says contact. And all you have to do is click on that button and you can shoot me an email right then and there. Boom. And I'll get it. Better it's the easy. DM. It is. My DMs are insane. And sometimes they're, they're weird and mess up and it doesn't load right. And I, I really don't like doing DMs anymore. So emailing me is so much easier and you can do it right at your fingertips boom right if you go to instagram.com slash history of the batman nice thank you london of course this is fun and thank you for uh, yeah thanks for hanging with us again (laughs) for some reason suicide squad makes us do like two hour shows what is this i don't understand but suicide squad is so fun and i was highly anticipating seeing this movie so i am happy that i saw it and i get to talk about it we had a lot to talk about it's good it's good because harley harley and joker harley Harley. (laughs) Mm. margot robbie yes call me (laughs) London. Peace, love, and Batman.